0: A jury this morning convicted the former leader of the Philadelphia Proud Boys for his role in the January 6th riot at the Capitol. A jury agreed that Zachary Real conspired to prevent the peaceful transfer of power from Donald Trump to President Biden. Real now faces up to 20 years in prison.
1: Zachary Reel. Zachary Reel is in jail. He's been in jail since uh, right after January the 6th. The father of two former Marine, a son and grandson of Philadelphia policemen. Never been convicted. He's in jail, and will speak to us from that jail in just a minute. First of all, I want to thank Preborn because we could not have these discussions, these important discussions, without their their support. And so thank you, Preborn. Let me just say thank you to them. And thank you to all of you for you know stepping up to the plate and being really generous with your donations. Uh, I want to tell you, they, they've helped so many different women, and they have testimonials. I've shared a few with you, and by the way, uh if you uh, become a monthly partner you can actually hear you'll get s- pictures of the baby uh in utero and you get pictures after the birth and it's just really kind of cool but I'll give you one story this is Lillian uh she found a preborn network clinic on a search and reached out she was in a very dark place but after speaking to a staff member she felt an instant connection from that place of security Lillian opened up about her difficult situation her client advocate reminded her that even if she feels there's no one she can turn to for help, she can always turn to God. Lillian chose to keep her baby, and the clinic staff walked Lillian through her pregnancy and even continued to help her after her daughter, Zara, was born. Lillian described the Preborn network clinic as her safe place and is extremely grateful for the clinic and the staff. And, of course, this is just a great example of what Preborn does. It does not only save the life of babies uh, through their ultrasound, but it also saves the eternal life of the mom if she listens and comes to Christ. It can give them a whole new life together. It can give both of them a brand new life. It's a wonderful thing. And if you would like to help, you can go to preborn.com slash Sandy. It's just $28 for one uh, ultrasound. That's it. And, of course, any multiple of that, whatever you could afford, I ask that you'd please be generous. Go to preborn.com slash Sandy. And now sit back and enjoy uh, or take in or concentrate on this next story and promise me that you'll share it with someone. This is the next edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.
0: Four former Proud Boys have now been convicted of plotting to attack the U.S. Capitol in a bid to keep Donald Trump in office. Enrique Terrio, the former leader of that far right extremist group, was among those found guilty of seditious conspiracy, a charge that could send him to prison for up to 20 years. Among the others convicted by that Washington jury today, this man, Zachary Rell, once the leader of the Philadelphia Proud Boys chapter, their lawyers argued in court that it was Trump, not the defendants, who was to blame for that violence.
1: Well, we have a privilege today. For me, it's a privilege because we're, talking to, we're going to be talking to Zachary Real. He's in, already incarcerated. He and along with four other proud, so-called Proud Boys uh, were convicted of seditious conspiracy just recently. Uh, that means 20 years in jail, potentially. And so it's a very serious uh, charge. We'll talk more about the details of that in a second. Uh, But, uh, Zach, um, I just want to say to you uh, uh, up front that Zach is uh, like the grandson and son of a Philadelphia policeman. He was a former Marine. Uh, He's never had any convictions prior to this. And we we have him with us. He's in jail right now. So I want to just introduce him. Uh, Zach Real, thanks for joining us, Zach. We appreciate it so much.
3: Hi, thanks uh, thanks for having me. I really, really appreciate it.
1: So, Zach, where are you right now? Where are you incarcerated?
3: Uh, Right now, um, we're in Alexandria, Virginia, which is basically the suburb of uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, we're we're in solitary confinement the whole time here, too, as well.
1: You know, so that's different than the D.C. jail, correct?
3: Uh, it's, It's slightly different.
1: But. Yeah, yeah, because I've talked to other, you're not the first prisoner I've talked to in jail there, and, I, and I, uh, so I wanted to make that distinction. Yeah, Alexandria, ironically, is a beautiful, beautiful suburb of D.C., and there you are in uh, jail there, so the irony is pretty rich. That's where our founding fathers walked those streets. But, um, all right, so what, you're in solitary confinement, but how, what's your daily routine? What's a typical day for you right now, Zach?
3: Oof. Honestly, you know, being in solitary, it's, it's, it's rough. So, like, it, there's, it's really hard to, it's really hard to do anything. You know, it's it's, it's, it's like living in a, in a dog kennel, basically. You know, it's just a six by eight concrete room. Uh, we get out for about two hours a day to go shower and, and, and you know, shave pretty much, walk around for a few minutes and then, you know, back in the cell. So, it's really like you just, just try to sleep as long as you can. Uh, you know 'cause there's you can 't really exercise in here there 's just no room for it you know so um we do have these tablets now which are which help take off some of the uh you know the boredom but I mean for the most part still it's it 's really rough i mean <laughs> you have to pay for everything on the tablet too so i mean i only go it so far so i can you can only imagine how 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 bad it is I mean, I would say pick the smallest room in your house and put your toilet in there and your and your yeah, you're sinking there and just stay there. Exactly. <laughs> that's what it's like.
1: <laughs> we can't we can't comprehend it. And uh, and uh, listen, um, this is why I'm talking to you because I I just um, I've been talking about this since January fifth of the you know the original January fifth, and then January sixth and the seventh, and and off to the races after that. My husband and I were planning on being there that day ourselves. So, but I and many of my listeners were there on that day. So let me just say. You were arrested in the spring of 2021. That's March of 2021. So that's, you know, uh, three months basically after the incident. What happened? The FBI came to your home, I'm assuming?
3: Uh yes they did. And and funny you mention that actually. The uh the grand jury was actually sworn in for this case on January seventh that year. So it's almost like they were already prepared to uh yeah, um come, you know, look, look for look for people in our group before they, anything even happened. So I mean, but yes, yeah, so they, they, they came after me after a uh, picture surfaced of the inside inside the building at some point and they they came after me like like I was like I was El Chapo. They 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 surrounded my entire street block and uh came in my house guns blazing and everything and you know just terrifying my pregnant wife at the time. And uh yeah, and then they, they took me out without incident because I mean they realistically could have just told me to have an arrest warrant and I would have showed up to the FBI myself, you know, and turned myself in. But you know, I digress. You know, they they've been Doing this to all January 6 apparently, and just making an absolute unnecessary scene out uh, of arresting people for seemingly showing up and just protesting and, you know, at some point standing in the wrong spot that day. So,
1: Zach, um, according to what I've read, and I've read a lot about you this morning, the last couple of days, um, you've never been a, a charged with a crime. In fact, you come from a law enforcement family, of course, as I said. Uh, and you you actually, you, you didn't do anything on that day that was criminal, as far as I can tell. And actually, they're not charging you with any like criminal act or destruction or attacking a, a police officer. You're accused of conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding, and aiding and abetting, destruction of government property and aiding and abetting, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, disorderly conduct and a restricted building or grounds. Now, we could talk about each of those, but I just want to say, even if you're guilty of all of those things without whatever they think those things mean, 20 years, I need to point out, is ridiculous. My husband is a former FBI agent, and he would tell you it's ridiculous. The charges are ridiculous. You know that, but we have to make that point for our listeners. You want to say something about those charges?
3: Uh yeah, I, I do. I mean I agree with you spot on. They they are ridiculous as far especially as um at the the length of the time. Um seditious conspiracy I want to point out is it's a serious charge. It's it's one step below treason and 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 like I, I lost my military benefits when I was charged with that. Like I was never a veteran. Uh and You know, like like I said, it's 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 one step below treason, and the the way they one of the ways they convicted us with that was was really sick. Actually, they they watered down the definition of what seditious conspiracy was in the jury instructions, to basically mean that anybody was any they they can essentially, based on these jury instructions, have charged anybody they wanted with seditious conspiracy down there or sedition, and and gotten away with it. it it essentially in so many words, they said that if you were down there and you disagreed with um, the the, the results of the election or whatever, then you could have been charged with sedition or seditious conspiracy. And I mean, that, that is, is, is very dangerous. That is very dangerous, especially with, with the amount of time, you know, the, the seditious conspiracy carries. I mean, they're basically saying if you protest the government for anything, they can charge you with that.
1: Well, let me, and, me just point. Like well, just, let, let me point out that that seditious conspiracy charge was created uh, after the Civil War, and I, they were using it, I think, for the you know the uh, the the Southerners who had rebelled against the country. But and it's, I don't think it's been used since then. And and I, my understanding is it's a very worsely looted sta- or, uh, worded statute, and they chose it on purpose so that they could, you know, use it to their purposes. I want to make your point. Just let me do this for a second. Um, this is the statement from District of Columbia U.S. Attorney Matthew Graves, who's in charge of, of prosecuting all the J6ers. This is from his memo. These defendants and their co-conspirators were motivated by a shared refusal to accept the results of the 2020 presidential election. In the weeks following that election, the defendants, in their roles as leaders and members of the Proud Boys, publicly and privately expressed their rejection of the results and their beliefs about the necessary responses. That I That is stunning, and it proves your point, Zach. Um, so to you people want to know what you did do. What did you do? What did you do on
3: that? Day? Well, um I'm glad you asked because I mean this this, this was presented to trial and everything and uh I've said it I'll say it say it again. Um, we we wanted we uh, wanted to go down there just like any other any other time um, that we went to the protests. Um, as a group, we we show up at protests a lot. Um, surprisingly most of the time despite what you hear on the media Ninety percent, ninety-nine percent of the time, there's no violence or anything, anything of that sort. Um, but when there is, it's usually from Antifa on the left. And, you know, we usually protect Trump supporters um, from being attacked. But I digress on that. Um, <clears throat> that day was no different. We we wanted to go down there. We wanted to march around the city like we, like we did the first two times, the Million Mag March 1, the Million Mag March 2, both in D.C., and, uh, you know, we all agreed to meet at the Washington Monument at 10 a.m., and uh, we kind of just made plans on the fly. The uh, the speech President Trump was given wasn't happening yet, so we decided to take a walk around the city. And, uh, you know, we were just doing normal chants, USA, USA, F.A. and FIFA, things like that. And uh, eventually we made it to some taco trucks, and we decided we'd stop and get some lunch. And... Uh, at, during that time, we heard that the speech was was over, and uh we were kind of like, oh, you know, shoot, like, kind of ruined our plans because we wanted to go back to the to the to the speech and, and see the end of it. But then, then um, somebody said that uh, President Trump was going to be on his way to the Capitol soon, and he was going to, you know, give a speech there and lead the protests and whatnot. And uh we're like, oh, great, okay, well. Um, Maybe we will not go home or whatever. And uh, at one point, and this is slated to trial, too, we see murder cage driving by. So I pull my phone out, and I start recording. I'm like, hey, guys, look, it's Trump. And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole murder cage. It turned out it ended up being like Pence, Vice President Mike Pence at the time. But, you know, we thought it was Trump. And I just said so on the video. And uh, the, the murder cage was actually going towards the Capitol building. So we're like, hey, let's follow, let's follow the president, you know, like let's go let's go meet him there. And uh so we started walking towards the Capitol and we collided with this ginormous crowd who was on their way from the ellipse where President Trump was just giving a speech. So um you know they they're 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 trying to uh get onto the Capitol grounds and uh um, the reason the reason why they're trying to get on the Capitol grounds is because the first thing that we all seen when we got to this Peace Circle area was a walkway that led directly to this big staging area at the Capitol. Um, the prosecution says that they were setting up for the inauguration, but, I mean, you're talking about 100,000 unsuspecting people who've never been to D.C. before, you're not familiar with it. You know, this is a very iconic stage. This stage has been... Uh, every single president in U.S. history has given a speech at this stage since its existence. So, I mean, you see this stage in person, you're like, oh, I know that stage. Presidents give speeches there. So people wanted to get there as, as quick as possible. And, uh, you know, they, 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 they rushed on the Capitol, Capitol grounds and they, they ran to the stage, to the stage. They didn't run to the building or to the left of the stage or the right of the stage. They ran to the stage, and huge crowds of people congregated at the stage and stayed there. Now, it was very peaceful. Nobody was doing anything. It was very calm, and uh, we were standing around for about 15, 20 minutes until somebody high up echelon of the Capitol Police gave an order to move the crowd back 20 to 30 feet. Now, mind you, there's thousands of people here at this, at this point now. So, like, it's not easy to just Pushed the crowd back thirty feet. So, since the crowd wasn't moving as quick as the uh, as, as the Capitol police were hoping, they started shooting pepper balls and rubber bullets at people and spraying everybody with mace. And that agitated a lot of the people in the crowd because they didn't know what they were doing to deserve that kind of treatment. So that right there is that that's that's how everything. Escalated and got started. It had nothing to do with any plot to do anything. There was no suspicious conspiracy. Like I said, we we walked over there because we seen the president on his way there, and we were expecting a speech, and that's what everybody was expecting. You know, anybody who walked over to that area waited there at that staging area, and we were hoping for a speech. And unfortunately, the whole thing could have been averted. And you know, and I, I wonder, you know, who gave that order. Who gave that order to move that to crowd? To shoot into back? the
1: crowd. I know. Well, Zach, we've we have discussed we have discussed this before, but I will restate uh, for the purposes of making your point that in that particular area, the Capitol Police. There there are lots of videos of this, and people were injured. They shot fire bombs. People caught fire. One guy had his face, part of his face, taken away. It was not a small thing, and the crowd. That You're right. That was a turning point. And the other thing was, I don't want to take your time talking about this, but as you know, uh, some guys who are not Proud Boys yeah. but are also incarcerated with you in the same circumstances, they're, the reason they did any kind of what you might describe an attack against the police is because they saw the police beating people, and some people were actually killed or allowed to die and be trampled. So. Uh, it was a, it was just a shock. But I, okay. But now the, they're claiming the FBI and the prosecutors are claiming that you guys have been planning for months, and that you were the leaders of this uh, ins, attempted insurrection. Um, and so uh, just say a word about that because I don't want us to run out of time. Were, were you guys? What? What is the? Tr- I know you can't say everything. But what were your plans in going? And were you equipped to do that? Did you have weapons? Did you have? Were you equipped to do an insurrection?
3: Okay, so um, I I I I will repeat everything I said on the stand, and I mean, there's I don't have to hide anything because I honestly I honestly didn't do anything, and I didn't plan anything. Um, the only thing that we did plan is is any potential violence that we might have encountered running into Antifa. That's it, and that's all we ever prepared for, and it's not even that we planned for it. It's just we prepared for it in case it did happen. It was always a possibility. There was never a guarantee. So, like, some of the people who showed up, like a lot of people, like, they wonder, well, why do you have a flak jacket on? Well, I'm the president of the Philadelphia chapter, and I'm pretty well known to Antifa in that city. So I'm a target. I'm a big target to them. And, now I'm not wearing... Ballistic you know, plates in there. I'm wearing cutting boards. I literally had cutting boards in mind. and the cutting boards are to prevent stabbings because the previous rally uh, that we went to, we had one of our one of our members got stabbed. So a lot of people were up, you know, kind of kind of on edge about it. I mean, even Enrique Tarrio, uh, our chairman, in, in November, he got stabbed while in DC. So so a lot of people were. Worried about the potential to be being stabbed, so that's where people got um, the preparations from for violence. Had nothing to do with with the Capitol at all. We we never even had plans to go to the Capitol, and this was stated in our messages over and over again all throughout December and January. You know, that's interesting,
1: Zach. Well, let me let me just say that uh, I've lived in DC for a long time, and so. um, uh, close to the nerve center, at least uh, informationally now, even though I'm not there uh, living. But we all know that Antifa was on the streets doing violence and that you guys were often up against them. You sort of formed, it seems to me, as an opposition to them. Uh, And we also know that Antifa attacked innocent people, and so did Black Lives Matter. And there was so much violence in D.C. prior to this. In fact, we were at a rally uh, in the fall of right before the election, a big rally, uh, and we were concerned uh, my husband, I remember, just you know, debated how could I arm myself because uh, because we'd seen the attacks. We, there were attacks on people just attending the inaugural for President Trump. So this is a real thing, uh, and it's not a stretch uh, for you to say that you guys went to protect, protect yourselves and also protect other people. I think that was a motive for a lot of people. I know I'm, I'm defending you. I just don't know how else to do it, Zach. I can't be objective. I'll just tell my audience I can't be objective. I'm very biased about this and upset. But now you so now you um, you've been charged with seditious conspiracy and all the charges that we just read, and um, you're but you haven't been sentenced. Will it be Judge Timothy Kelly, the same judge who sentences you?
3: Uh, yes, yes. Uh, tentatively scheduled, we're tentatively scheduled to be sentenced August 30th, 31st, and September 1st. And uh, not sure if that'll be delayed or not. But and yes, it is also uh, Judge Timothy Kelly. Correct.
1: Yeah. All right, let me just tell people, let me jump to this, and because we're not done talking. I have other things I want to ask you. But I want to tell people that if they would like to help or they want to know more about you, if we don't get to everything, they can go to give, send, go, slash, defend, Zach. Give, send, go, oh, slash. Did I get it wrong?
3: I think it's the give, send, go, is support, Zach. But you can go to defendzach.com, and it'll take you right to the give, send, go.
1: Okay. Okay, good. Okay, well, somehow somebody gave you the wrong thing. Okay, uh, wait, say that. De- oh, maybe, Gibson?
3: Uh, maybe maybe somebody, maybe my wife updated it.
1: <laughs> okay, Gibson Go I'm, what I'm now? So I can get this correct. Gibson Go slash what?
3: I thought it was support Zach, but my, my wife might have changed it to defend Zach. So, I mean, if you okay. just go to defendzach.com, it'll take you right to it. So.
1: Okay, okay, good. All right, and also I want to uh, commend uh, uh, Gosh the Outlet, whose name—there's stories right here. I've got too many stories. Oh, uh, they did a great story Oi. on you, Gateway Pundit. Gateway Pundit—they're following all of this, and they follow Zach's uh, situation. So let me commend them. And you need to go right to the website um, because uh, Google does everything they can to bury this stuff. And, and now uh, let's talk Hold for down. a sec—just a second, Zach. How? What were you doing? Uh, what, describe your life. Before January the sixth, what were you doing?
3: Well, um, it, was a, it was a long journey. Um, you know, after I after I got out of the military, um, I I had my sights set on uh, um, getting into finances something I always wanted to get into. Um, just didn't have the means to. But uh, military helped me get my degrees, and uh, a friend of mine helped me get into. Uh, Working at Merrill Lynch, and I acquired a bunch of security you know, licenses and uh, insurance licenses, and I was actually in the process of trying to open up my own company uh, at the time. And I was working working with the VA with uh, Boca Rehab because I was a disabled veteran too for for a little bit. Um, but they were, uh, like I said, they were trying to help me open up my own business and everything. And uh, unfortunately, once I once I got it registered and everything, this January sixth. January six happened, and the FBI came after me. So, um, yeah,
1: yeah. So your That's wife, you have a you have a teenage daughter, which who you haven't seen, and what now? It's been where are we? Was it this three years? Almost three years?
3: Almost. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. I mean, she's she's graduating high school now. She's been you know going in uh, going into college, and uh, you know the the, the VA was going to help her with college and everything, but. Now they're, you know, like I said, this in charge deleted me like I wasn't a veteran and, you know, just pulled that rug right up right out from under her. It's really unfortunate.
1: So your family doesn't really have any income coming from you or from, you know, you're, from your work, not only your pension or anything like that. They, your wife has a, you mentioned that she was pregnant. Did you, have you seen that baby?
3: Uh, I have not. Uh, no, I actually. Um, I, well, actually, I've seen her in court, but like if I, I've never had any interactions with uh-huh. her. Uh, I've never been able to pull her hand or pick her up or anything like that. And it's it's been real hard. It's been real hard with that. I mean, but my wife, my wife tries to do everything she can, you know, to uh you know tell tell the baby who I am and and uh things like that. You know, and I appreciate that from her because she's she's been she's been real solid. She's been there for me the whole time. So
1: yeah, I but that's pretty amazing. I mean, that says a ton about her character, Zach. And that's that's great. But I'm oh, yeah. I'm so happy for you, but that you have such a great wife. And it's Gibson go slash defend Zach according to his wife. So it's Zach Zach <laughs> Rel, Rehl a real R E H L good German name. Zinzi Deutsch? Oh, maybe you don't speak German. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, I don't speak it, but yeah, it is German for sure. <laughs> All
1: right. So, uh, Zach, why you've been incarcerated, how have you, how really have you maintained your sanity? Have you made friendships in the jail without mentioning names, but has there been camaraderie? Do you have, do you have faith? Is it a family? What? What's kept you going?
3: Well, uh, a, a few things, honestly. Um, you know, my wife... And, 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 daughters, uh, I think about them all the time. I, you know, I mean, this, this whole thing, they, they know I'm innocent and, you know, I just want to get back to them. You know, my faith, obviously, that, that obviously helps for sure. You know, that there's, there's, just, there's some big plan for me. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's hard, hard to understand that when you're younger, but I mean, you know, this, this this addition charge here, I mean, it's it's something it's something that's it's a bad precedent to set. And um, you know, I I don't I don't I don't know why I was I was picked out of this out of this group to, you know, have to be the one to stand up against this charge, but I'm gonna do it. And I'm not gonna just do it for myself, I'm gonna do it for my kids and uh you know, for this for this country really, because I mean it's, like i said it 's a dangerous charge, and it 's being thrown around very loosely and very dangerously for for the First Amendment essentially for exercising your first amendment right and uh, nobody in this country should have to worry about seeing a twenty year charge against not with like a twenty year charge for simply going to a protest to support this a sitting president of the United States of america
1: so Bombs. Political targeting, destroying people because of their faith, because of what they believe, because of what they say. I mean, it is, it's not just that you shouldn't say it. It's that they're destroying your lives and uh, just, you know, taking away, uh, robbing you of precious years and time, taking away your resources, punishing your families. It is unconscionable. And I, I have to say, Zach, there is a just God. And there will be justice. I wouldn't want to be them. That's all I can say. The worst it's going to be for you ever is now. Because God will. There will be justice at some point, whether it's in this life, I don't know. But one thing you need practically is you need good representation, because I'm sure you're going to challenge this decision, right? Appeal?
3: Oh, 100%. 100%, right. And uh, that is something that that I'm actively looking for is is, uh, representation for the appeals, not just for the VA, because I have to appeal that. Backdoor monstrosity that they that they pulled with my benefits, but also the also the the charges as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, any any anything any direction or advice or yeah, anything helps with that um, for anybody listening. Okay.
1: So, well, Zach, we're I don't know if they'll cut us off, but I, I would really, if you would allow me, I would really like to pray for you. Mm-hmm. Can I do that?
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: Father, I just pray right now uh, in that cell where Zach goes all by himself that you would make your presence known. I mean, there's nothing like your presence and the filling of your spirit to to heal all the wounds that any of us have in our lives. This is especially difficult, but, Lord, I just pray for that. I pray that people would be able to reach him somehow through the walls, uh, you know, inadvertent glances or something to encourage his heart. I pray for good news. I pray for some kind of turn. I pray for good representation. I pray for favor in the the, the decisions that are to come from the court in, in the face of all odds. But, Lord, most of all, I pray for Zach's soul, his spirit, and his heart. I pray that you would just hear his prayers and uh, grant him favor. And I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Zach, is there anything else we can do for you? Anything else we can do for you?
3: I mean, really, really anything helps. I mean, if, 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 uh, you're familiar, if anybody's familiar with, uh, you know, writing letters to Congress or, um, has friends in Congress, I mean, really raising awareness or just, we're just sharing this podcast out, uh, or, or, you know, sharing any information, good news or bad, whatever about this case and, and in general to, to raise awareness to many people. Who need to hear this as possible? Because a lot of people don't know, and I think if more people know, they'd, they'd be they'd be outraged or are mad, rightfully so, about what's happening in our country. And uh, while while, while most, most people are, are paying attention.
1: Yes, I agree but with there, you, Zach. A it's information, man. It's information. We have to share this information. And for all of you listening, yes, you can uh, share this podcast. Uh, with other people. Because you'd be surprised how many people are not paying attention. They're going around about their lives completely unaware. And Zach is right. If only they knew. If only they knew. And you do need to contact your congressman, uh, because they have been, uh, they're only now kind of waking up to this. And uh, they have better ears to hear. So go to the local office and raise Cain about this. Bring articles Uh, We'll try to post some of them so that you can access them. But Zach Real, Real, uh, you can also go to uh, Gibson Go slash Defend Zach. Gibson Go slash, or just go to Gibson Go Go and look for Zach Real, R-E-H-L, Real. Zach, I hope that I meet you you face-to-face someday when you're a free man. God bless you and your family.
3: God bless you, too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for using the listeners.
1: Goodbye. Uh, I have to say I it, uh, that was uh I I was just at a loss for words when that interview ended. I was so grieved I had to just take some time to recover. Uh because I can't if you're like me, you can't bear to hear that. That is such injustice. I was just reading yesterday in Micah about how God caused us to do justice and to love mercy. And uh when you have uh, God's heart in you, when you have his spirit in you, you just uh, uh you just Injustice just uh, breaks your heart, and so this injustice certainly breaks my heart. If you'd like to help Zach, I think we made it clear, but just go to give, send, go, slash defend Zach, give, send, go, slash defend Zach, and please do share uh, this podcast with your friends. It's Sandy Rios 24-7. You can just copy and paste the link and send it to them, and encourage them to listen to the show, because the more we grow the more we can help people like Zach, and that is my purpose, <laughs> absolutely my purpose. I want to thank Preborn again. You know, Preborn's network of clinics brings hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound. For just $28, you can sponsor an ultrasound and write a brand-new story for a different girl and a different baby. To donate, go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com. Slash Sandy. Well, Bruce is going to join me in a second, and I know he has some comments after listening to this interview with Zach and we're going to give him a chance to make those. So uh, don't go away. Uh, don't go away. We'll be right back. Sandy Rios 24-7 is growing, and we want to help you grow too. If your business or nonprofit is interested in sponsoring Sandy Rios 24-7, you can email us at infowagemedia247 at gmail.com. That's infowagemedia247 at gmail.com.
0: This is Sandy Rios, 24-7, on American Family Radio. Today, the Justice Department secured the conviction of four leaders of the Proud Boys, for a seditious conspiracy related to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. In addition, those defendants and a fifth member of the Proud Boys were all convicted of felonies, including obstructing congress's certification of the 2020 presidential election results and conspiring to prevent congress and federal officers from discharging their duties since the january 6th attack the justice department has conducted one of the largest most complex and most resource intensive investigations in our history we have worked to analyze massive amounts of physical and digital data we have recovered devices decrypted electronic messages, triangulated phones, and poured through tens of thousands of hours of video. Following these digital and physical footprints, we were able to identify hundreds of people who, often masked, took part in the unlawful conduct of that day. Today's verdict makes clear that the Justice Department will do everything in its power to defend the American people and American
1: democracy. All right, Attorney General Merrick Garland, you know, only thinking of us, only thinking of the country, right? The the FBI is doing all they can, the Justice Department. What a proud moment for each and every one of them. My husband, Bruce, is former FBI, which is part of the Justice Department. Uh, Bruce, just your thoughts on what the Attorney General just said.
2: You know, the Attorney General loves to puff out his chest and act like they are preventing a real danger to this country. And tell us and go on and on about all the investigative techniques and resources they've deployed. You know, I have to say, in light of what's going on today, I wish they would do this towards the drug cartels and the smuggling cartels that are operating on the southern border. Uh, the Proud Boys, I still say, was an unplanned group of people. A, a, People, a group of people without a plan, certainly not a plan to cause insurrection on January 6th. Uh, they were people that were upset about the election. They went there to voice their opinion, and I think that was the extent of it.
1: Well, Bruce, let me just mention you know, most of them, or a good chunk of them, are former military or former police. If they were going to conduct, I know we've heard this point made, but it has to be restated. If they went there, to cause an insurrection, they went without any kind of armor. Yeah. They had nothing. How could they possibly do that? They're facing um, Capitol Police, National Guard. Yeah. You know how how could you do that?
2: I, I know they they make this Proud Boys sound like they're some organized militia. First off, they they didn't have any weapons. Now, who, who bring? You know, they always say if you're going to come to a gunfight, you better bring a gun. They didn't have any weapons. Uh, They didn't have communications to coordinate. They didn't have vehicles that they were using. These are the kind of things that you would use if you're going to have an organized uh, insurrection against something. I I would, you know, to me, if you think about this, uh, think about a herd mentality. Have you ever been standing in line at an event or trying to get in somewhere? and it's a crowd, and someone starts to push. Your natural reaction, or I can tell you mine is, is probably to, to try to maintain your safety. You're going to push back, um, not to hurt someone, but just to protect yourself. And from what it sounds like, what Zach told us is uh, he and his friends were behaving fine. They All they wanted to do was get up near the Capitol, and when the Capitol Police started shoving them there was nowhere to go. Uh, there were thousands of people behind them. So instead of giving them, instead of the Capitol Police giving them time to to back up, they started assaulting these people with pepper balls and with mace,
1: flash bombs too. Yeah.
2: And now your natural reaction, especially as a military person, is if you are what I would call attacked like that, you're going to take measures to defend yourself. And from what I hear, they tried to pull people out. They tried to protect themselves. They did not assault the officers in an effort to get into the Capitol to commit an insurrection. They now may have had contact with these officers. They may have had a fight with them. But I think it was to defend themselves, to get them to stop shooting these weapons at them so they could... Probably peacefully comply and back up off of the cap.
1: And protect the people that were being hit and injured. Yes. That you know, was part of that, too. You know, in that little pool, little pool, large area where people were standing, Bruce, I've seen so many videos on that. People are standing there, they're singing patriotic songs, there's so much singing hymns. It's really a peaceful crowd. And that's when the police start shooting firebombs. It yeah. was really unconscionable.
2: You and I know from personal experience, having gone to several Trump rallies, uh, that the people that go there are not violent people. They are patriots. Uh, You look at the, the makeup of the Proud Boys, most of them are veterans, they're police officers, they're business owners, they're family men. You know, to me, a lot of this is guilt by association as being a Proud Boy, and that this term, the Proud Boys, has been turned into what I would call it's been bastardized into something they're not. Um, If you go online, the the ADL website, the Southern Poverty Law Center uh, website, you would think the Proud Boys was the most dangerous group of people that have ever been put on this earth. Anti-Semitic, Islamophobic, misogynist, uh, transphobic, racist, any slanderous term that can be applied to a group is applied to them. But, you know, uh, somehow you listen to Christopher Ray, the director of the FBI, and you mention Antifa, and he goes, oh, and you know, Antifa isn't a real it's thing. It's just an idea. It's an idea. It's an idea. You know, the, I would say the Proud Boys is more of an idea. They're guys that have, for the most part, served in the military, and they took an oath. They're like oath keepers. I don't know how these... Terms oath keepers and proud boys has been made into such a boogeyman.
1: Well, let me tell you why the proud boys became such an object. Uh, them, I'll tell you, uh, because what they were formed when they started seeing Antifa and Black Lives Matter attacking people, and so they, when they knew Antifa was going to be in a place, they went out there standing to protect, and they actually got into fights with the proud boys. In fact, Enrico Tarrio, who's their president. Uh, was arrested for he, he, I don't exactly know what he did, but he did something at a Black Lives Matter rally, and of course, they call them racists now. But but to make your point, Bruce, Enrico Tarrio is a black Cuban. About did I say that right? He's a black Cuban. His father escaped from communist Cuba, so Enrico knows what it's like not to be free. He's been talked to by his parents, and uh, that he's not exactly racist. I don't think if you else you could be black, I'd be you know you know, but. Clarence Thomas is a racist, too, by their definition. It's just, uh, it's whatever they say it is, is basically. Uh, so uh, the whole, the notion that they are, went there to cause an insurrection, that's just, uh, I don't think they can prove it. And just based on the records that I saw, I just, but they they got they got their decision. By the way, that jury pool, I remember reading a, something about the jury. They, in answering questions, like one of them was very involved with Black Lives Matter, had a Black Lives Matter Sign in her yard, uh, they were at the women's marches, uh, like I think three of them were involved in the women's uh, move, march movement. Uh, so not exactly an objective jury, and so they got this uh, decision.
2: You know, um, to have seditious conspiracy, you have to have a plan to hinder the execution of a governmental uh, function. In other words, you have to have intent when you go there that we are going to stop this thing with Congress. If you talk to people across the board that were there on January 6th, they were there to go in front of the Capitol and listen to President Trump speak and voice their opinion that they were unhappy with the election. You don't see mass groups of them saying, we've got to get into the Capitol the people I have heard that have said we have to get into the Capitol, we need to get into the Capitol, for the most part, seem to be government agents.
1: Yeah, like Ray Epps.
2: Like Ray Epps. Well, we don't know
1: that he was a government government agent, but we don't know why he's not arrested since he was central to the whole thing.
2: They were embedded in the crowd, and why has Ray Epps not been arrested? And why have other people not been arrested that were yelling, we've got to get in, we've got to get in? But yet... People who, time after time, when we've talked to them, they said, look, I was just there on January 6th. I walked in the Capitol. I walked out. I didn't hit anyone. I didn't steal anything. I didn't touch anything. I walked through and walked out, and the officers let me in, and they let me out. But somehow they are all arrested. And, you know, if you're wearing a Trump hat, you're arrested. This is... This is Trump derangement syndrome on steroids. this Why do you think Joe Biden is out now rewriting history, talking about white supremacy? If anyone's been a racist in their background, it's Joe Biden. We've seen that at the Clarence Thomas hearings, at the way he referred. He just referred to somebody in a, in a derogatory way the other day, a black person, called him a boy. And uh, so now... I think a lot of this is they're remaking Joe Biden's image, and uh, you know, somebody has to be the boogeyman, somebody has to be the white supremacist. See th- what they're doing, the government, is they're morphing a lot of this into white supremacy. It has nothing to do with did they go to the capitol that's a That's a secondary thing It's that they are the people that went there are white supremacists. And we, as a government, are going to take care of them. We're going to stop them. And all of a sudden, Joe Biden is giving addresses at the University of Black College, um, talking about how white supremacy is the number one threat to uh, the nation. And I, 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 I truly do think he's trying to rewrite his background.
1: Well, that's probably true. There's another part to this, too, that's actually been in the news recently, um, the FBI started, I don't know, it was even maybe at the very end of Trump's uh, presidency, but right or, or right after, where they started going after what they call domestic terrorists. And domestic terrorists were the Proud Boys. In their book, uh, It were the Oath Keepers. And now, they then, their goal, it seems, was to make all Trump supporters domestic terrorists. I think that we've probably seen that actually happen. Uh, because uh, they've made them—anybody that went to that rally now is a criminal, or embarrassed, scared to mention it. Uh, and we know now because of an FBI whistleblower that the FBI started having their agents, alleged by this uh, whistleblower, uh, change their reports, uh, label people differently to make to create this broad category because they kept talking about how, how that movement was growing. Uh, and so they start, of course, calling parents at these school board meetings— a domestic terrorists. So it fits into their narrative. And one more thing, remember that at the beginning of the interview, Zach said, the grand jury, back to Merrick Garland, the grand jury convened like three days after January the 6th. One day. Was it
2: one day? One day. On January 7th, the grand jury was ready to go. Now, I can tell you that is not standard operating procedure. That grand jury was probably ready to go because this was anticipated that This is how the Justice Department was going to spin this demonstration. Yeah. You know, again, the Justice Department and Merrick Garland love to go out and tell you how wonderful they are and how they're protecting you. But you think about it have you seen them arrest anybody from Black Lives Matter who burned down cities, who killed police officers, who resulted in the deaths of many people? Have you seen them arrest people from Antifa who have done the same? Have you seen them turn these vast resources against the drug cartels which are flooding people across the border with fentanyl, fentanyl which is killing your kids? Have you seen them direct this against the smuggling cartels that are smuggling people into this country, many of which many of whom are terrorists? Are people that are here to hurt you? They're not here just to look for a better life. I do not see that.
1: Oh. It's the Injustice Department. So, well, that was a uh, thank you, honey. That's uh, thank you for those comments. And Zach's story, of course, is so compelling. Uh, so, we need to get the word out. We need to just hold fast to the truth no matter what. And uh, my, I've learned, I learned a long time ago not to worry about what people said about me or what they call me. Uh, you live your life in such a way as to outlive. Don't worry about what your neighbors think about you uh, as long as you're doing what's right. Uh, and now, if you're doing something wrong, you might want to worry about what your neighbors are thinking about you. Uh, but I just, it's very important. So you, whatever people call you, we have to do what's right, okay? And we need to help Zach for sure. Give, send, go, slash, defend, Zach. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. And I, again, I hope that you'll share this podcast. Sandy Rios, 24-7. Tell your friends, share it with them and uh, let's get the word out because we're honestly we're running out of ways to get the truth out and this is one of them that you can do and you can help with so thanks for listening today thank you so much this has been Sandy Rios 24-7